0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lepone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
1: What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall,
2: mysterious...
1: I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Kevin, guess what? What, Rob? We now have over 50 iTunes <laughs> reviews.
4: Huzzah! Huzzah,
3: indeed! Oh. We are climbing those iTunes rating charts. That's amazing.
4: How do we climb even higher?
3: Can you take me high enough?
4: Little Rock of Ages for you. Do You know, I like that you took it up so high, too. You didn't even... You, like, went right to the tenor place. I was going to do climbing. No Robert Goulet. Like, no.
3: Can you take me high <laughs> enough? Thanks for coming out tonight.
4: Ooh, and
3: my falsetto there. <laughs> Thank you. And a little Sergio Frankie. Yeah, a little Sergio. It's never over. <laughs> Much like the 24-hour buffet down in the lobby of got... the Dunes Casino. Me and Sid the Caesar. <laughs> nights only at Demirage. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, Ooh. lovely listeners, this is where you come in. This is how we're going to
4: climb those iTunes rating charts. That's right. Lovely listeners, if you love us. Would you go to iTunes, click on the iTunes store, search for, behind the curtain, Broadway's Living Legends.
3: Then click on Ratings and Reviews. Under the Customer Reviews, click Write a Review. Then let us know what you think from one to five stars.
4: That's right. And you can leave comments, too, like, Kevin Thomas is a god. Or, Rob, who
3: the hell is Hervé who, Who who,
4: who is Hervé Via, ah, via sh- from my God. I fell for it again. You
3: fell for <laughs> That it. wasn't even the, the man script. has never done <laughs> one musical in his entire life and he gets mentioned more than Stephen
4: Right, Sondheim. but I love him from James the Bond. Okay, anyway, oh, yes. guys, help us out.
3: Please. please. Thanks everyone. <laughs>
4: Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas.
3: And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join our Facebook page,
4: at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram, at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher.
3: Grace, guys, you're going to clear up, just put on a happy face. Mm. Where do you turn when you burn with this feeling of rage? Who do you fight when you want to break out, but your skin is your cage? Boy, the way Glenn Miller played songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. Those words and many others are etched in the fabric of our popular culture, and they were all created by today's guest.
4: That's right. Considered to be one of Broadway's most skilled craftsmen with a word, our guest has written the lyrics to such shows as Catch a Star, The Littest Review, Bye-bye, Birdie, All-American, Golden Boy, It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, Applause, I and Albert, a Broadway musical, Bring Back Birdie, that's right, the sequel, Ain't Broadway Grand, plus the book for that one, too, and Those Were the Days, or as we all know it, the All in the Family theme song. Oh, one of my favorites.
3: Mm -hmm. To tell us what it was like to hear his words sung by such legends as Dick Van Dyke, Lauren Bacall, Sammy Davis Jr., my favorite Paul Lynn, and countless others here via telephone is the Tony Award-winning lyricist Lee Adams.
5: So then my first question then for you, Mr. Adams, is where did you grow up?
6: Mansfield, Ohio.
5: Mansfield, Ohio. And what did your folks do for a living?
6: My father was a physician. My mother was a housewife. A a, a typical Midwestern small-town upbringing.
5: And how did were they into the arts? Were they were they passionate about the arts? Not at all. So how did you get into it? Living all the way in Mansfield, Ohio.
6: Well, I went to Ohio State for uh, my undergraduate work at Ohio State, and uh, I heard I I got a record of Kiss Me, Kate.
5: <laughs> and uh, and you just picked that up at the record store and decided to go home and play it.
6: I picked that up at the record store and went went back to my dorm room and played it, and I got hooked on musical theater. Oh. As the- a result of that, of that immersion, I wrote a college show at Ohio State, one of those uh, amateur shows that the students do, and uh, I wrote six songs for it. It was called Howdy Stranger set in the Klondike <laughs> and as I recall it was pretty bad. <laughs> but what one does what one does. And at the time I thought it was pretty good. And I thought my lyrics were, were quite good.
5: We when you what music were you listening to when you were growing up? Were there any popular lyricists who influenced you in your writing? Or anyone well, you particularly admired.
6: Well, uh, uh, y- uh, yes. Cole Porter, Irving Berlin, Rodgers and Hammerstein, all, all, the, all the greats of the the great days of the musical theater.
5: I hate to put you on the spot like this, but I'm going to ask you, if there is one Cole Porter song that you could uh, point out and say, boy, that is the, the perfection of Mr. Porter's lyricism. Which one might it be, or for either well, Mister Rogers and Hart or Berlin uh, as well?
6: Well, there's so many, so many songs. I, I
5: know, right? I
6: I I did lots of seminars at colleges about musical theater, and so uh, I don't have any favorites, but I know I know a lot about the musical theater. Uh, Cole Porter, my my favorite Cole Porter song. Mm, that's pretty hard. So many of them. Um, it'll come to me
5: that's okay the uh, question for you though while while you're thinking about that was the original intention to become a journalist
6: yes i studied journalism at ohio state went to came to new york to the columbia school of journalism to get my masters in journalism i was a journalist but at ohio state i got hooked and uh, when i came to new york to go to columbia i brought along the uh, the book of Howdy Stranger, hoping perhaps I could find someone to, to to listen to it because I was I thought it was pretty terrific. <laughs> uh, while while I was at Columbia, I was introduced somebody to. Mm-hmm. I, go, I, I was going to get my master's at Columbia in journalism. <laughs> I was introduced by a, a mutual friend to Charles Strauss, who was a a young uh, uh, piano player around town. He was an accompanist who was also on the side a fledgling composer. And uh, I went to his apartment and uh, proudly showed him my lyrics for Howdy Stranger. And I was pretty proud of him. And he put the... uh, the, uh, the sheets on his piano and sight read my, my songs, which is pretty impressive to me. Yeah. And, uh, he finished and I sat there waiting to be congratulated. And Charles said, well, this song, the, the prosody is not good. And uh-huh. Here, here, the rhyme scheme is a kilter. These are not really good rhymes. And he went through the score and he, uh, he he just decimated it. Oh, Gee. So I, I, I thanked him for his time, packed up my little my book of songs, and went back to my basement room near Columbia University. I went to bed, and at two in the morning I woke up, and I got the songs out, and I looked at them, and he was right. Ah. Uh. And I said to myself. Now, wait a minute. Here's a guy who's a musician. He seems to know a lot about songs, so maybe i I should not have <laughs> walked out so fast and I called him the next day. We got together, and that was sixty years ago.
2: Wow,
6: and we became <laughs> we became a team. Now, this was in something like nineteen fifty.
2: I was gonna say we skipped over because you went to World War II. Oh yeah, you were yeah. A, a, a radio yeah.
6: operator, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was in the in the armored force. I I I tell people I'm retired now, and I tell people i survived two world. I I've survived two wars, World War II and Broadway. <laughs> and that, and that, that, that's absolutely true. Anyway,
2: I, I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't laugh because it is true, and it is – I mean, Broadway is its own separate beast in itself. Uh, so you went to grad school after World War II. Yes. I see. I see. Um, and so you, when you called up, you know, Mr. Strauss again with your tail slightly between your legs saying, actually, you were, you were right about this. Yeah.
6: Um,
2: and, and, that's, we, how and,
6: did, and we decided to try to write some songs together. Right. Now, this was in 1950. Mm-hmm. And and ten years later, in 1960, uh, we were we had our overnight hit. Bye bye, Birdie.
2: Right, overnight. And, and
6: yet, and, we heard that you had some you had a hard time getting
2: backers for. Well, for, well I mean, first
6: of all, let me backtrack a bit. Okay. Uh, it, we tried to write pop songs, and we're not good at it. We, we went the rounds of the publishers, tried to tried to to peddle our songs. Didn't have much success. A couple got picked up, but nothing ever happened, and uh, it turned out that um, as eventually if we found out that we were best at writing musical theater, not pop songs, uh. and the, the reason we found that out was Charles and I spent three summers at a camp in the Adirondacks called Green Mansions, you ah, about
2: Green it? Mansions. Yes, well, he he mentioned this as well in the Adirondacks, and that you it was basically like grad school for musical theater writing, because you had to write all of these songs so quickly um, for these reviews. Is that correct?
6: Well, Green Mansions was terrific. In those days, there were two places in the mountains, Green Mansions and Tamament. Tamament is in, I think, Pennsylvania. Yes. And uh, both these, both these were summer camps where New York young people, mostly Jewish, went to, went to have a, a few weeks, uh, a week or two of vacation and meet each other. Both these camps had full theater staffs, scenery, costumes, an orchestra, a theater. Wow. and And uh, we, we did a show. We did a, an original musical. Every Saturday night. In addition to that, there was a dance program one night. There were were plays done. And we had good audiences and very good facilities. And we somehow learned to write for the theater, starting in Green Mansions. We were there three summers. uh, And we learned a hell of a lot.
2: Oh, yeah. And I bet you met a lot of... Oh, yeah, go ahead.
6: Well, so this is the mid-50s, came back to New York, and we got into the, uh, the business of writing special material for nightclub acts. In oh. those days, there were a lot of separate clubs around, and, and performers needed uh, material, right. for which they paid sometimes. Uh, <laughs> K Ballard still owes me $250. <laughs>
2: To to $50. Oh, funny. oh man that's good
6: <laughs> we 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 wrote for a lot of acts uh, we, oh we yeah wrote for uh I, I forget all the names but that was a uh, uh, something and then then gradually there were there were uh, in those days we're now in the in the uh, late fifties
2: right so, we well, uh, did reviews
6: yeah we reviews right we we started putting stuff in reviews and that was we were moderately successful at that. Some some were off Broadway, some were Broadway stuff. We did a review in London. We didn't have to go there, but they they picked up some of our stuff and made a review out of it. And so we were, we were doing some some theater work that way. And then in the late 50s, a producer named Edward Padula came to us. And said uh, we've he heard all of our stuff in in the clubs, and would we consider writing a, a Broadway musical? Well, of course we would consider it. And along the way, we 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 uh, we, we got uh, associated with Mike Stewart, and began working on a show that turned out to be Bye Bye Birdie.
2: Uh, Who whose idea was it to to, to do this? Musical. Well, was it?
6: Padula G- 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 said he wanted to do a show about young people, and that that wasn't a very good clue. I mean, the, that, that's <laughs> right. Absolute, that's pretty generic. That's yeah. a little a little vague. Yeah. But but I, I I I think I'm the one that came up with the idea of of, of 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 tapping in on the Elvis Presley craze. Right. Uh, I said let let's let's do a musical about. A guy like Presley, and the screaming teenagers, who screamed so loud they couldn't hear the songs he was singing to them. <laughs> this is literally true, and uh, the photographs of those days show this to be true. Anyway, uh, Michael Mike Stewart liked the idea. We began working on it, and after about a year and a half, we we had a show that uh, came to be called Bye Bye Birdie. And uh, we started playing auditions for backers. Now, we were completely unknown. Padula had never produced a show before. Uh, Rock and roll was still what it was in 1959. And uh, we began playing this for for people, uh, uh, trying to get some money. I remember one one memorable time when we played for a bunch of people uh, at a, um, a theatrical agency. I forget which one it was, and there were like twelve people in the room, and Strauss and I uh, played them our, our, our 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 show, singing the songs and you know and doing a little bit of the book, and uh, we finished the first act. And six of them got up and walked out. We got wow. into the second. We got into the second act. By the time we were finished, uh, there were like one or two guys left. Uh, they just didn't understand the show. They they couldn't care less, and it was you know it was nothing. Finally, I forget exactly how. Padula got a hold of Padula, our producer got a hold of a a young. Texas, a a millionaire named Slade Brown, and Padula got him to listen to our show. Slade Brown uh, was was a banker in Texas, a small bank, but he was rich. And uh, we we played this uh, Bye Bye Birdie for him, and he said, "Yeah, that's pretty good stuff." And he sat down at the piano and play some of our songs back to us. Wow. He said, yeah, I, I like this. I, I'll put some money in. So he put up a little money. I forget how much, maybe 25000 And we went on trying to raise money. And finally, I forget how, we got to Goddard Lieberson at Columbia Records. Now, Goddard Lieberson, the Columbia Records executive, invented the original cast album. And he was a great fan of the musical theater and a tremendous guy. We played Bye Bye Birdie for him, and he said, I like it a lot. And he became our biggest first, in our, our our major investor uh, through Columbia Records. Uh, and then we went on, and finally, Madula was able to scrape up $300,000. In those days... Wow. That was enough to get a musical on. Today, today, that wouldn't pay for the costumes.
5: It wouldn't even pay for a ticket to Hamilton.
6: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we were sort of on our way. We went out of town to, to, to Philadelphia. Uh, oh, no. we Somehow, we managed to interest Gower Champion, now Gower and Marge Champion were a dance act and Gower wanted to be a choreographer. he was a choreographer and wanted to do Broadway. Uh he'd never he'd done a few uh small Broadway shows as I recall, but he decided he would do he would do Birdie. And um so we had a director, we assembled a team, uh Charles, Mike Stewart and me and and uh, and Gower. Uh, and cast the show, went out of town to Philadelphia. Now, everybody connected with the show uh, was fairly unknown. Cheetah Rivera had done West Side Story. She was a little known. Dick Van Dyke was unknown. He had done some review work. The rest of the cast were were all uh, completely unknown. Practically everybody in in the show was 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 unknown. We played Philadelphia in those days. You, we went out of town. We had no money to go any, any anywhere else. Got some reasonably good reviews, and and decided we'd come to New York. We came to New York. Uh, there was an advance sale of something like two hundred dollars. Ooh. The word around Brody was, "There's no reason to have a rock and roll musical." Who were these people? It was the 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 most unlikely hit you could imagine. Completely, completely off the charts.
7: You gotta be sincere. You gotta be sincere. You gotta feel it here, cause if you feel it here, well then you're gonna be, honestly, sincere. If what you feel is true, really feel it you... Make them feel it too. Write this down now. You gotta be sincere, honestly sincere. Man, you gotta be sincere. If you're really sincere, if you're really sincere, if you feel it in here, then it's gotta be right. Oh, baby. Oh, honey, hug me. In everything I do, my sincerity shows through. I look you in the eye, don't even have to try. It's automatic, I'm sincere. When I sing about a tree, I really feel that tree. When I sing about a girl I really feel that girl I mean, I really feel Sincere Sincere If you're really sincere If you're really sincere If you're feeling in here Then it's gotta be right Oh, baby Oh, honey me, Suffer it, oh, oh, you gotta feel it here Oh, my baby, oh, my baby, oh, yeah Oh, my baby, oh, yeah Well, you're gonna be sincere, well, you're gonna be sincere Well, you're gonna be sincere, well, you're gonna be sincere where you gonna be sincere? Where you gonna be sincere? Oh, my baby. Oh.
6: audience was pretty good, actually. Uh, After the opening, we went to the opening night party, and in those days, it was a a tradition that the reviews, which were then written quickly after the opening night, and and run over to the party and read to the uh, assembled people, Uh, and so there were seven Broadway reviewers, seven newspaper reviewers in 1960, television wasn't really going good yet on on the theater. So these seven papers are very important. And of course, the most important was and is the New York Times. In came the review from Brooks Atkinson and Gower Champion went to the microphone to read this to the assembled cast and, 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 and family members, and it was a complete pan. Brooks Atkinson, the dean of the broadway writers, gave us seven short paragraphs, the last one of which was, I will quote, it is neither fish nor fowl nor musical comedy. Oh. Well, uh, that sort of ended the party. We, we thought we were dead, absolutely dead. Uh, but then the other reviews came in, and they were all very good. And so for some reason the show started to attract a crowd, and uh, <laughs> the word of mouth was good, and we, we became uh, sort of an overnight sensation. Uh, and uh, Brooks Atkinson, it turned out This was one of the last shows he reviewed. He was retiring. And he said Mm. in an interview after he retired that he guessed it was time because he didn't understand Bye Bye Birdie.
5: How fascinating.
6: Yeah, since then, the show has done pretty well all all of these years. It's it's paid the rent for some (laughs) 55 years. And uh, it's been the most done... Uh, high School Musical, I guess, of all time, and so uh, there it is. Next,
5: and it's it's coming it's coming back to television later yes, this year, yes. correct?
6: Uh, yeah, Jennifer Lopez is going to do it next next winter. Uh, there's going to be a, a national tour next summer. I hear uh, of the show that was done last summer in in a uh, Goodspeed. Mm-hmm. So, so it was so, so lucky. And so, so uh, out of, out of, uh, nobody could think this could happen. Now, I didn't mention uh, the the last few, the, the, uh, the three years before Birdie opened, I was a magazine editor. I was working at a, a magazine called This Week. Mm-hmm. You don't know where that was. That was a Sunday supplement. In 55 newspapers, coast to coast. You know what, oh wow! You know what Parade is? Yes. Yes. It was. It was the. It was uh, a, a glossy uh, magazine like Parade. It oh. Was in, it was in all the all the major papers across the country. Uh, a, a very very imp- uh, impressive magazine. It went out of business very quickly. Uh, soon after I left, and not because I left, but because the the papers began to get their own run-of-the-press color, and they could print their own magazines. Anyway, uh, so the birdie opened, and it was a hit, and I was at my desk at This Week magazine as an article editor, and the big boss came in there, and he said, What are you doing? You're still here. (laughs) why are you still here I I like I like your show and I guess I said I "I guess you're right so I quit the magazine and it was the last steady job I had
8: (laughs) Wow
3: Play
0: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Now, I, I, have to, I have to ask you, so many of the lyrics that you created have gone on to the popular culture. It transcends musical theater. So I wanted to ask you, in a lyric like, Gray skies are going to clear up, put on a happy face, are you a generally optimistic person?
6: I think I am. I'm 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 as optimistic now as an as a 92 a year old can be. <laughs>
5: well, that, that's a great way of putting it. That is a great way of putting it. And then I have I have to ask you about some of the performers that you worked with, because oh, sure. you got to work with, with with so many wonderful legends that are just as legendary as yourself. Uh, but one who left us way too soon is Paul Lynn.
6: Oh yes, Paul was 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 crazy and, and wonderful. He he had. Such stored up hostility uh for a lot of reasons uh, of course he was gay and 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 in in the closet and uh he he used that anger he had in him to to do very funny stuff and he he was he was perfect in Bertie as as a father
5: agreed now your next musical is one that's a big favorite of both mine and Kevin's and a lot of other people and that's all america
6: well thank you uh, it was not yeah. a hit I, we didn't ca- we didn't cast it right and we didn't write it right and uh, even though we had joshua logan as director it, it it just didn't work i don't know why you know it's it's hard to know why a show doesn't work when you're working on it when you're rehearsing and writing, it seems to be getting better. Uh, you, you think it's going from A to to Z, and it knows it's only going from A to B, and so it, it some sometimes just doesn't work.
5: You know, one of the things that I wanted to let you know was that both Kevin and I are you know directors and musical directors. Uh, Once upon a time is sung by just about every single young male person auditioning for musical theater today
6: I know <laughs> oh, you go, oh good you do know it's been a lucky song once upon a time
7: a girl with moonlight in her eyes put her hand in mine and said she loved me so much. but that was Once upon a time Very long ago Once upon a hill We sat beneath a willow tree Counting all the stars And waiting for the dawn But that was once upon a time Now the tree is gone How the breeze ruffled through her hair How we always laughed as though tomorrow wasn't there We were young and didn't have a care never comes again.
6: Now this is interesting. Put on a happy face, and once upon a time, were written in green mansions for one of those reviews. Really? Yep. When we were doing Birdie, we 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 had had to find a way to get Dick Van Dyke off to a good start, and we said, "Hey, let's 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 use uh, put on a happy face." Uh, we, we had it in the second act. I forget why. And Marge Champion, Gower's wife, said that should be his first song. Then they'll then, then I'll love him in the whole show. And and uh, we did put it in the first act, and it did do just what we wanted it to do. It got him off to a great start. Once upon oh, a wow. time, uh, from All American, uh, was one of those review numbers we wrote. Uh, the Saturday Night Reviews. And I just, I forget exactly why we put it in All America. It, it seemed to fit at the time. Uh, Ray Bolger and Eileen Hurley were not great singers. It didn't work very well, but neither did the show.
5: <laughs> That's okay. Well, I, I we like the score a lot. Who was your book writer on All America?
2: Uh, Mel Brooks. <laughs>
5: How do you? What is the process between you and the book writer, and not necessarily Mr. Brooks, but but any librettist that you've worked with?
6: Well, uh, you have to work very closely with a book writer, and you and you steal from him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 my show, applause. Uh, let me let me get this straight now. Uh, I forget who the writer was. We had different writers on applause. It, it was Betty and Adolf, But before that, it was a, another writer uh, whose name I can't remember. And um, uh, you know applause, I, I assume.
5: Oh, yes, we do indeed.
6: Well, well uh, the first book writer, his name slips, slips my mind now, Uh Ended ended the first act by saying "Welcome to the theater," and I thought that, that's a that's a pretty good song title. We can yeah. use, I can use that. I stole that title, and it, it worked very well the way we used it.
5: When All American was not as successful as Bye Bye Birdie, was there ever a sense from you or Mr. Strauss of you know what? Uh, we're going to throw in the towel, we're going to move on, let me go back to see if I can get that editing job back. Or did Uh you feel that you could just persevere?
6: Well, you you, you persevere if if you like your trade, and we did. Uh, When you have a flop, you can can quit, and some writers have done that. Or you can look at it and, and, and say, well, maybe there were some good things in it, maybe I can learn from it. And let's let's do another show. It, it's it's very difficult to get over a flop, but you, mm. you 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 do it, and you go on and and you get lucky the next time maybe.
5: And the next show out for you has some of what I think is some of your most brilliant lyrics. And I'd like to quote one to you now, if I may. Where do you turn when you burn with this feeling of rage? Who do you fight when you want to break out, but your skin is your cage? That lyric has defined so many people and, and has been embraced by so many.
1: Summer. Not a bit of breeze Neon signs are shining Through the tired trees Lovers walking to and fro Everyone has someone And a place to go Listen, Here the cars go past They don't even see me Flying by so fast They are moving, going who knows where Only thing I know is I'm not going there Where do you go when you feel that your brain is on fire? Where do you go when you don't even know what it is you desire? Listen, laughter everywhere. Hear it, life is in the air. As the night comes and the town awakes Sounds of children calling and the squeal of brakes. Music but a lonely song can't help wondering, where do I belong? Where do you turn when you burn with this feeling of rage? Who do you fight when you want to break out but your skin is your cage? Uptown Just another Joe Downtown Where you gonna go Always looking For that place to be Where's that bright tomorrow For a guy like Is going by, and I stand and.
6: How
5: did Golden Boy come into your realm?
6: Uh, a producer named Hilly Elkins called Strauss and me, and he said, uh, I, "I want I want to do a uh, a show b- uh, based on Golden Boy, the play." And I I uh, I, 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 I wanted to do it differently, and and we said, "Well, we we knew the play Golden Boy, you know." The jar, was it John Garfield originally? Yes. Uh, 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 he said, I I, I think I want to do it w- w- with a, a, a black star. And we said, well, I, I don't know if that's a good idea. And he said, I've got Sammy Davis. And we said, that's a good idea. <laughs> Sammy, was at the, he- Sammy was at the peak of his career. A brilliant, brilliant entertainer, uh, unbelievably talented, and uh, and so we did it.
5: <laughs> did you have any hesitation about uh, writing the words and lyrics for for an African American performer, an African American community? Did you feel like
6: you could go into
5: that world, or did you feel some people were going to go, "What is this white guy doing, trying to represent our people and our stories?"
6: Well, I, I didn't have that feeling. I I, I felt I could do it, and and we we, we did it. Uh, Sammy helped. Um, he was an unbelievable talent. I, I uh, did you ever see Sammy Davis work?
5: Yes, and it was magical.
6: What'd you see him in?
5: I saw him in one of the last concerts he did before he passed.
6: Yeah, well, at at, at his height, he was just incandescent. Mm. Um Uh, his musicality was uh, off the charts in in rehearsal uh, uh, in Golden Boy uh, there there was one song I forget what it was it had a little introduction with with a a note an oboe or something to give him his first note and he got furious I don't need that I know where that note is and he did Wow. Wow.
5: What a, what a great artist to write for. Oh,
6: yeah. He uh, was I, When we
5: interviewed uh, Mr. Strauss, he was telling us that sometimes... You're out. Were not out. Oh, I said when we interviewed Charles Strauss, he was telling us that uh, you some of you were receiving death threats well, when yeah. you guys were out of town. Is that true?
6: Well, sort of, yes. Yeah, uh, we... Uh, we we were escorted from the theater to our, 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 our where we slept by by police. And there were there were mo- some uh, people outside yelling at us. Uh, a black white show in, in those days was very daring, uh, but it worked.
5: Absolutely, yeah, and, and it still works incredibly, incredibly well. Um, one, of the, yeah, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, I heard that the show went over to the UK and was very successful in the UK, ran a long time over there. With, considering so many of your shows tried out in other places besides New York City, did you have a favorite spot beyond New York that where you felt the audiences really embraced your work? No. Like a Boston or a Philly or Chicago? In those
6: days, we, we, we went out of town to Philadelphia, Boston, Detroit, different places. I'm I'm running out of out of uh energy.
2: So Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> one just one more one or two more questions then uh, just to move us up to applause uh the Tony award winning uh big hit for you guys. Um how did how did how did you adapt the movie into the musical? Uh how did you pick, you know, when when the songs Start in applause, you know, because there's such a famous movie all about Eve.
6: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember that how that happened.
2: <laughs>
6: but but the show the show worked.
2: It, it most certainly did, uh, and, and everyone it became a, a huge success. Um, and what was it like writing for Lauren Bacall? Uh, uh,
6: wonderful. She was a great professional.
2: Yeah. It, Before
6: every show. She did a complete vocal warm up, a, a physical warm up. She 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 never missed a performance. Wow. Uh, her, we played on on in New York for like two years, went on the road, uh, and she played that for a, a year and a half or so. Oh wow! I never missed a performance. And uh, in in New York, uh, she. Uh, Sprained an ankle or something like that, and and uh, uh, Gretchen Weiler, her understudy, f- thought she finally would get a chance to go on, but she didn't. Paul <laughs> well, taped it up and uh, and did it. And that was and that was then. She still was it. Wow, what what
8: professionalism! Welcome to the theater, to the magic, to the fun. Where painted trees and flowers grow, and laughter rings fortissimo, and treachery sweetly done. Now you've entered the asylum, this profession unique. Actors are children playing hide and ego-seek. So welcome. Miss Eve Harrington, to this business we call show. You're on your way to wealth and fame. Unsheathe your claws, enjoy the game. You'll be a bitch, but they'll know your name. From New York to Kokomo. Welcome to the theater. My dear, you'll love it so. Welcome to the dirty concrete hallways. Welcome to the friendly roaches, too. Welcome to the pinchers from the stagehands. It's the only quiet thing they do. Welcome to the Philadelphia Critics, welcome Librium and Nebutol. Welcome to a life of laryngitis, welcome to dark toilets in the hall. Welcome to the flop you thought would run for years. Welcome to the world of fears and cheers and tears to the theater with some luck you'll be a pro you'll work and slave and scratch and bite you'll learn to kill with sheer delight you'll only come alive at night when you're in a show
4: I dreamed a dream of days to come where sponsorship is high and money is forthcoming. That's beautiful, Kevin. I really added a voice onto that one, too. <laughs> I really was trying to go for something there. Listeners, we
3: love creating this podcast, but it does cost money. Please don't make me sell my Angel record. Oh my
4: gosh, the original cast recording of Angel. That, like, nobody has. Nobody
3: has it. If you like what we are doing and want to keep doing more of it, please head over to Patreon.com. What? That's P-A-T- R-E-O-N dot com. Pat Rion. I feel Pat Rion. Yeah, Pat Pat Rion. Rion. Pat Rion.
4: Yeah, and once you're there, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, and of course... We don't expect you to give without receiving some great rewards.
3: Such rewards include behind-the-scenes videos, shout-outs on future episodes, Ooh. or episodes, depending on what part of the country you're from, because <laughs> I said episodes, and early access to some of our podcasts. Hell, for the right price, Kevin and I will come to your apartment and act out all of Agnes of God.
4: <laughs> so head over, friends, to P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to help us out.